0: David, it's Halloween week. Week nine in the NFL. But more importantly, Halloween week. What's the best costume you've seen all year? Jessica Rabbit. Ah, very nice. <laughs> well, I saw
1: with the queen. Werewolves of London. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be a complicated costume. I
0: saw All right, it is the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast, everybody. My name is Jason Evans, joined as always uh, by David Biggs. Dave, cheers, buddy. Cheers. Cheers. And this week, our very special guest is Sean Foss. He is the Drink 5 Rookie Expert. Sean, say hi to the people. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me this week, guys. I'm excited to be here.
1: He sounds like a very special guest.
0: He's here to be uh, very guesty and very rookie uh, intensive. Mm. So we will have a whole rookie report card for you all later in the show in order to kind of gauge how they've done so far because we're halfway through the fantasy football season.
1: Over halfway now.
0: Well, it's 16 weeks because we all make the championship, right? Therefore, we're halfway through.
1: We all make the championship.
0: We all make the championship somewhere. (laughs) It's a numbers game. If you're in enough leagues, you're going to make it somewhere. Uh, you, but,
2: you would think that, but no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I want to know, guys, what are you drinking? Because I have a special beer, so I'm going to go first. Uh, it's the Pollyanna Lexical Gap, which is an IPA. Only 7.3% alcohol by volume. So this is a light beer as they come, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, 73 I mean, I'm, I'm embarrassing <laughs> myself with an actual light beer. The, uh, the very mediocre Coors Light, but on tap behind it is a Revolution Fistmas. The first Christmas beer I've seen on the market this year, and I had to grab one when I saw it there. So I'm looking forward to that, but I need to get rid of the the swill that I'm drinking first.
0: Uh, hey, you know, beer is beer, and some beer is better than others, but all beer is beer. So Dave, what do you have over there?
1: He's just—he's very deep today, ladies and gentlemen.
0: I, you know, I'm ponderous.
1: Um, I have the full Lamonti from Pollyanna Brewery in Roselle, Illinois. Also have a. Uh, Revolution Brewing Fistmas Holiday Ale, same as Sean, and we're excited to get into that as soon as we finish with our current beers. And uh, yours, in yours to that, is
2: less swill than mine. The first one here,
0: we got a little bit of
1: this. So in to that, we have a little bit of scotch.
0: So we'll be th- with you in one second.
1: Oh, cheers, gentlemen! Cheers. To, to tonight's show, to all of our teams, success. Cheers.
0: So as you're listening this evening, or whenever it is that you do listen, remember that there is a musical theme to our show. If you can email, if you can identify the theme, um, there may be a more specific version of the theme. If you're that good, then get more specific. But let us know what you think the theme is. Email us at david drink5.com, jason at drink5.com. Um, you can email sean at drink5.com, but I don't think we'll get it. And then, uh, do, I, do I have a drink? By tell us now? what they are. <laughs> Probably.
1: I can set you up if you like.
0: Anyways, you can let us know, and you may win a prize. And you may win a better prize if uh, you can be real specific on what you think the theme is. And I doubt that anyone will get that specific. Anyways, let's jump in, as we always do lately, with the trending players. So these are guys who uh, we look at their points, and they generally have... Uh, Three weeks of going up or three weeks of going down. Three weeks makes a trend, as Dave likes to say. Um, Or three is a trend. So uh, my favorite player this year, maybe my favorite player this year, is Gardner Minshew. (laughs) He is trending up. Uh, Week six versus New Orleans, he had 5.6. It was a rough game. Week seven, it's he put up 21. And then last week against the Jets, 23.96. So I'll take any opportunity to say that Gardner Minshew is awesome. And uh, twenty-four points last week, you know, qualifies. I think.
1: I I don't have any problem with uh, with Gardner. I think it's great that Jacksonville stumbled upon somebody, uh, and not stumbled upon because they actually you know picked the guy out and drafted him. Sure, six round pick. But uh, um, th- that he's being successful with that team um, after Foles went down. And one of the funniest things that I find lately about the NFL is that the quarterbacks are being paid so much, and some of them are not really worth it. So you look at guys like Sam Bradford, etc. Nick Foles went for a high price tag after winning the Super Bowl uh, and doing pretty well in small bits. But I'm still not incredibly sold on Foles overall. So when you have a guy who comes in like Minshew that has success, you have a question on your hands when Foles comes back, right? Uh, 100%. Do do you go back to Nick or do you stay with the Minshew mania?
0: I mean, okay, you're asking the most biased person at the table. However... (laughs) I don't even know that it's a question. I think you've got to stick with him. This season, he's got a 13-2 to touchdown-to-interception ratio. Fourth best in the league. The only guys are, who are better are like Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Russell Wilson. That's pretty fucking good company right now. Uh, he's averaging 17.64 fantasy points per game. Not a top-line starter in fantasy, but he's been great in super flex leagues and anywhere you need to stream a quarterback. So he's very fantasy relevant. I, I love this guy. Sean, do you think he starts... Do you think he should start over Foles? Not what does the team going to do, but what do you? What would you do? Am, eighty million dollars, right? I, mean, I it's am, tough. The honestly,
2: the eighty million dollars is probably the only reason Nick Foles mm-hmm. is still a Jaguar after the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely teams that could That's probably use a quarterback, but that contract Bears. is really tough to move. The Bears, yeah. I mean, I was a few beers, a few beers in watching the Bears against the Chargers, telling people the Bears should be calling the Jaguars tomorrow about Nick Foles. But I don't know how you make that work with that contract. But absolutely, I think Minshew should remain the starting quarterback when Foles is healthy. With the money they've got invested in Foles, I don't know that it's a done deal that happens, but every week it becomes harder and harder to make a case for sitting Minshew when Foles gets healthy. I think he's only finished below QB 16 once.
0: He had the one bad game against New Orleans.
2: Yeah. And before that, uh, Dave
0: and I were touting him as having one of the highest floors in the league where he hadn't scored fewer than 16 points in any game.
2: Sure. And, well, the part of it is he's run for 40 or more yards three times this year. He, he There's a bit of a running game to him that you don't think of when you watch him play, but it's there. Like it's kind of like a –
1: I don't want to compare him to Tannehill, but as far as fantasy points, when you have Tannehill playing, even if he doesn't have a game with a lot of touchdowns, sometimes he'll end up running for 80 yards or something, and, and that ends up being the differentiator between him and a guy who might throw for, for one touchdown, 250, but has no rushing ability so you you know these this day and age we love those quarterbacks that are running the ball a little he's bit.
0: Yeah, yeah he's starting to escape the pocket there was an awesome play last week where he's almost sacked he escapes the sack he rolls out to the right finds a guy in space and it's like a 50 yard touchdown it was you know it's exactly what you want to see from the new class of quarterbacks is guys who are mobile and can keep their eyes downfield and throw the ball on the run because we saw when Aaron Rodgers was coming up that that is the future of quarterbacks. The future is here, guys. And it is, you know, Russell Wilson, and now the next class is Gardner Minshew,
2: as crazy as it sounds. Sure. I mean, I think if there is if there is a knock on Minshew, it's, hit, uh, number one, his inability to stop fumbling the ball. Kind of like Lamar Jackson last year. Uh, Minshew has fumbled the ball nine times this year. He only lost. He hasn't lost all nine. But that's he's fumbled horrible. The ball that's nine. horrible, Sean. He's that's a lot of the times ball, to drop the ball. He's fumbled the ball it three is. times in a game. Twice this season, um, you know, and he's also taken multiple sacks. In, well, there in was the game in five Nashville, Nashville
0: that was just nothing but rain. I think that was was that one of the games when he had the three fumbles.
2: Uh it when was he played not Tennessee. really. No, the game. Well, uh, they haven't played in Nashville. You might be thinking of the game in Carroll, in Carroll. Oh,
0: Tennessee. It must have been in Jacksonville.
2: That is, <laughs> that's one of three games this year where he did not he, fumble. The Jason ball. just wants to defend Gardner. He just wants no. to be. Damn it, it's Gardner Minshew. Look, I, I love Minshew, and I think if you're in if you're in a dynasty league and you have him, you, you struck gold. Um, but he is going to be, especially in two quarterback leagues, he is going
0: to be gold for a long time. Yep. So good. he had, you know, he had the bad game against New Orleans. He bounced back against uh two teams that he should have beaten in cincinnati and the jets so uh coming up they play the texans who have given up the seventh most points to opposing quarterbacks they have no jj watt uh i expect him to continue having a high floor but unfortunately a relatively low ceiling he doesn't have enough weapons around him and uh the one weapon that they do have is leonard fournette and here he's running the ball very well so you know that sort of limits the opportunity for the quarterback.
1: Hey, I, I don't disagree with you, and I have Gardner Minshew as the number seven quarterback this week against Houston, which is uh, two places higher than Great. the expert consensus ranking at Fantasy Pros. Uh, so I think that he's going to have a good week. I think you you've set that up correctly. Uh, he has uh, a couple of um, a couple of good games coming up, or at least not horrible matchups. So if you're using Yeah, him, the other
0: games are after the bye are a little rough. But
1: but I mean, looking at it from a redraft league perspective or a league where there's only one quarterback, uh he's still just borderline, you know what I mean? Definitely. Because he's not putting up enough points to be consistently a top 12 quarterback. High floor, low
2: ceiling. So, just to point out, in the last 4 games, the Houston Texans have allowed at least 270 passing yards and 3 passing touchdowns in that, every single
0: game.
1: That's why he's number 7.
2: And the quarterbacks, right. among those four QBs they faced, were Jacoby Brissett and Derek Carr. They're well, not facing week, the elite of the elite. This week,
0: Minshew is about to be England's favorite player because well, they play in England this week. This is why, just Should like
1: just like what I talked about uh, Mason Rudolph last week, that like he was a good start against the Dolphins, of course. Yeah. So with these guys who are not the elite quarterbacks, right? you, you want to make sure that you are starting them, if you have them, in the matchups that are ideal
0: for them. And this is an ideal matchup for Minshew all right so josh jacobs is trending down um so let's take a look at that week five against chicago he had 26 points huge game lost the bet on that not happy about that week seven at green bay he's put up 13.4 and then last week week eight in houston only eight points so that it makes him the rb 11 on the season he's doing pretty good um, he's averaging 17 carries per game. He has 10 catches in the last four games at a 100% catch rate, by the way. So, um, he's very reliable in the limited amount of time that they're using him in the, uh, receiving game. Uh, despite his point total trending down, I'm not worried about him. He's scoring enough points. Even the eight points is kind of like a floor. I mean, he does have, he's hasn't, has had lower games when he's a little banged up earlier in the year. Um, but I would attribute this to Derek Carr playing a little bit better. What Carr I can, had his best game last what week. What I can
1: say about Oakland is that they have uh, Tyrell Williams back. Uh, they've got Darren Waller playing at a high level. They have Josh Jacobs, who's healthy. There was a, a little bit of uh, um, uh, some scratches, some bruises that he got earlier in the season. But uh, I have him, again, and I'm, all the rankings that I have here are in half PPR. Uh, I have him at number 9. So I, I do like his matchup against Detroit. I think that he's going to do well. And I think Oakland is going to be able to move the ball better because they have their pass catchers back. If you looked at the games um, where they, they didn't have Williams and they just had Waller and whoever else was catching the ball. Right. Hunter Renfro. They, they were not quite as good as they were in the beginning of the season when they had Williams, who's catching a touchdown per game. So when you have those guys stretching the field, it just makes it better uh, for guys like Jacobs. Uh, again, as, as a rookie, uh, what's, what's your take on Jacobs here?
2: I, I think he's been everything you could have hoped for if you drafted him at ADP or even a little higher this year. Um, the thing with Jacobs, like you mentioned last week, being you think that Carr playing well is the issue. The issue is that the Texans are a much better run defense than they are pass defense. Sure. Uh, on the year, according to Football Outsiders, they are fifth in run defense DVOA, which is their efficiency stat for defenses, uh, and twenty-third against the pass. So obviously, Jacobs wasn't going to be the you know the far runaway focal point of the offense in that game. But the fact that we're talking that 66 yards rushing is his second lowest output of the year. I mean he's, I mean he gets the ball so much. He's in a much better place in where he fits into that offense than 75 percent of the starting running backs.
1: Now. Yeah, and I was gonna say the same thing. You're looking at a low game here of 8.10. Uh, I would I would be worried if it continued past that mark. But right now, it's not a worry yet.
2: Sure, and he's also got multiple catches in four straight. Like, he's been part of the passing game. Even if not a big part, he's at least gotten some passing game usage for the last month.
0: Yeah, and like I was saying, the only bad game was the one against Minnesota. He was banged up. He only had 10 carries for 44 yards. But, you know, we can put that behind us. We know that he's going to be getting a lot of touches. Uh, He has great matchups coming up, so don't be deterred. I think we're all uh, pretty high on him. Don't be deterred by the downward trend. He plays Detroit, who are giving up the third most points to opposing running backs. The Chargers, who are giving up the seventh. Cincinnati, giving up the second most points to opposing running backs. Uh, Those are all great matchups for him and for the Raiders in general. Uh, I do expect Jacobs to score double-digit points in all of those games in standard scoring. So Joe Mixon is a guy who is actually trending up a little bit, even though his team is in the pooper. Um, Week 6 at Baltimore, Mixon put up 3.9. Then week 7 against Jacksonville, 6.4. Week 8 at Los Angeles Rams, that was a London game, he put up 13.7. So Mixon is on a bad, terrible, no good, awful team. Uh, He has a lot of talent, and now they are going to be starting a rookie quarterback. Uh, Mind you, they are on bye this week in Week 9, so we don't need to dwell on them too long. But with Ryan Finley coming in, I expect them to lean on the run game a lot. That's what you see a lot from teams that have a strong run game, or at least think they do, and they have a rookie quarterback. So uh, I I think that he's going to regress to the mean, meaning he has no touchdowns this year. He had eight last year. He's going to get in the 4-6 to range. This year is what I expect, so he should be scoring some touchdowns um, in the last half of the year.
1: So You're right about uh, Finley coming in and that being a little bit of a hit because actually Dalton has been playing pretty well. If you look at his stats, they're not bad at all. Uh, the, the problem is not that Andy Dalton has been playing poorly. The problem is that the Bengals in general, uh, the Bengals' offensive line, the lack of A.J. Green, um, the maybe the coaching and play calling, they have not been up to par. They've had a lot of games where they almost won, for example. But we are, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, expecting to see A.J. Green back in Week 10 after the bye. So Joe Mixon trending up a little bit, A.J. Green coming back. Perhaps the offense can trend up a little bit for fantasy players.
0: It it could, and you know what's interesting about Andy Dalton? You're saying he's got good numbers. I don't know if I can remember a guy who was leading the league in completions and attempts getting benched.
1: I I just don't understand why they did that, but I do. The reason is because they they want to lose the games. Sure.
0: At this point. They
2: finally decided to go ahead and tank. We we are staring down the barrel of a beautiful (laughs) Miami versus Cincinnati game to see who gets one win. Week 14, (laughs) everybody. I think it's 15. I think it's week 15.
0: Uh, uh, week 14, the
1: Jets still have a chance to lose.
2: Not all of their games. The no, I mean won. I mean to Miami. The Jets have a win.
1: I mean lose to Miami.
2: Sure, that's very possible. They won't,
1: though. Probably It, not. it, it will be either the Bengals if the Dolphins, or the Dolphins. If
2: the Dolphins get into a pinch, they'll play that third that third and 20 defense they played against the Steelers on Monday. That so, was great. Whew. Oh, man. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> uh, the thing for me, if I had Mixon, I'd be honestly looking to trade him this week because that offense, when you when you turn to a rookie quarterback like Finley, who's unproven. No matter who's getting healthy, obviously Green's getting healthy. That's a good thing, but that whole offense may go in the tank because Dalton knows the offense. Dalton has been—he knows those players. Well,
1: there's a reason why they're turning to the rookie, and and it's not because Dalton has been bad. It's because they want to lose. Because
0: they want to lose. So this is actually week. It 16. doesn't. It doesn't
2: hurt to see what you get, what you have in the rookie, mm-hmm. but in terms of future, but it's going to hurt this season. Yeah, I, I think it hurts Mixon, and I'd be looking to trade him if I have him.
1: Yep. That's, that sounds good, you, you know. And, and
2: I, I kind of like mixing going forward, honestly.
1: Well, what's the best time to trade anybody after a good positive trend?
0: Sure, I mean, it, I I would be okay with
2: acquiring him right now, though.
1: I think that well, then you're buying his, high instead of low. Is the well, you're buying middle. You're buying, you're buying average. You're, your time to buy him was two, was
2: two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then trade him away now. Right.
1: <laughs> if we're going to stock market this up, uh, this is not the time to buy. Look,
0: I think he has some touchdowns coming in the next few games, and I think that they're going to be giving him the ball a lot. So a lot of touches and regression in the touchdown department. Uh, it means that Mixon's going to be an every week starter. I you're, like I like when
1: you get behind these guys. Like I know you're a Browns on, fan. If you're a Bengals fan too, I'm excited for you. You got right. a, you got a lot of good things coming this well, year. Bengals
0: are going to beat the, the Dolphins Bengals. in Week 16.
2: <laughs> you're counting on the Bengals to score points. That's a bold claim with going to a rookie quarterback when they've already been an 0 and 8 football team so far.
1: It's rough, but but I I do tend to agree with Jason. I think that. They'll, they'll still stay a little bit above bar as far as the very few fantasy-relevant players they have. Look, if
0: they're really tanking, they'll just bench Mixon. They'll put him on the IR next week. They can't do that. No one show The up Patriots the can do it with players who don't belong on the IR. Another,
2: another thing to mention, though, you <laughs> mentioned A.J. Green coming back. A.J. Green also said to the team, either give me a long-term deal or let me go.
1: I'll talk to uh, everybody about this when I bring them up in the injury report, but ultimately... Uh, That doesn't matter right now. Uh, They didn't want to trade him. He didn't want to be traded, Uh, and he's not going to get a long-term deal until after the season's. It It matters for nobody wants to be traded. It
2: matters for Mixon if they cut him.
1: If they're going to cut Mixon. No, if AJ. they cut
2: AJ Green, they're, they're not going to cut Green. They would have traded him. They would him just
0: already. not resign him next year. There would be why wouldn't they have traded him? For if him? you re- keep him as a free agent, so you get the compensatory pick, sure, it
2: would be the stupidest move in the world. to sure, not but, trade uh, AJ Green
0: for something well, and then just cut. Him let me for let no me reason.
2: take back, cut him and say if AJ Green refuses to play because they're not going to give him a long term deal, he's not going to get a contract till after the season. He's going to be well, he'll be a free agent at the end of the year. But I'm
1: so saying they can just franchise him. No, they, he doesn't. He he won't allow that. He won't play. He won't come back. But it doesn't matter. This, Heard that plenty. We're talking you would, about – You would
2: franchise a 31-year-old receiver and pay him like he's a top five wide receiver? I, I don't know. I don't
0: know.
1: We're talking about after this season anyway at yeah. this point. And, and that's fine. We can we can chat about that. But AJ Green is, is going to play prone. the last half of this season as a Bengal, for better or for worse. Yeah, AJ
0: Green spends some of his time helping.
2: Play, play is, is most a strong word.
0: <laughs> So moving on, we've got Chris Conley of the Jaguars. Week 6 against New Orleans, he had a, he was blanked. He had some targets. He played in the game. He had no points. Blanked. Week 7 at Cincinnati, he put up 10.3. And then last week against the Jets, 16.3. He's stepped it up a lot uh, with seven targets in the last two games, each of the last two games. Diddy Brestbrook is injured right now. So Cole Conley, uh, excuse me, not Cole, uh, moves up in the pecking order. And I think that he's going to continue to see in the neighborhood of seven targets or so uh, per game as long as Westbrook is not playing. So next week, as we said earlier, the Texans are giving up a lot of points to opposing wide receivers. I guess we were talking about quarterbacks earlier. What surprises me is that Chris Conley is only owned in 23% of Yahoo leagues. So like me, if you're in bye week hell, pick him up because he's a good start this week. He's got by the week after. Uh, Westbrook could certainly get healthy over the next couple of weeks and come back. So, uh, you know, this is a spot start, a a one-time thing where you could strike it hot with Chris Conley. Maybe you could even unload him as a trade for people who aren't paying attention.
1: Yeah, I think he's clearly a good waiver pickup, Uh, not owned in a lot of leagues, done well for the past two weeks. It's almost a trend. Um, And he he did also have a really good performance in week one. He had uh, six receptions for 97 yards and a touchdown. In between those weeks, he didn't do so well. However, he's had no less than three targets in each game. So he's been a part of the game every single week. Uh, With Westbrook out, with Minshew doing okay, with the matchup they have versus Houston, I think it's a good move.
2: I I would agree with all that. Um, Yeah, as long as Westbrook is out, Conley is a viable wide receiver three for fantasy purposes. DJ Chark is going to continue to be the number one guy, but obviously, you know, there's going to be more than one guy through get balls thrown his way. And I think Conley is is certainly worth considering, especially in plus matchups like what they have against the Texans as a wide receiver three. He's not a bad play as long as Westbrook's out. I have
1: Conley at 37. Um, which, like you're saying, is wide receiver three. Yeah, you
2: talk 12-team, you talk that's right on the cusp.
1: But I have Chark as, as number 12 in between Diggs and Allen. I mean, Chark has been lighting it up, oh. good matchup. So there's enough room on that team with Minshew against Houston to uh, to allow for a couple of receivers. And,
2: and Chark has been something else. Like, I looked at him coming in last year as a rookie as more of a one-trick pony, deep threat kind of guy, and he has clearly proven to not be that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could even have had him on your trends list for this week because he had four fantasy points in week six, uh, seven, and in, in week seven and fourteen in week eight. Um, talking about Mr. Chark. Yeah, so he he was no real Charknado.
2: Nato. There was a little oh. bit. There was not, a little, It's not uh, Charkandric. It's DJ Chark. <laughs> there was a little bit of
1: a. Of he's a, no
0: longer baby Chark.
1: A little bit of a curve there between New Orleans and Cincinnati uh, playing some good defense versus him specifically. Obviously, he's going to have some weeks still since he's fairly new to uh the NFL world where he gets blanketed and and then we saw that happen but if you look at his average points for the entire season he's averaging something like uh 15 14 points per game and that's impressive
0: um so DJ Moore is trending downwards cuz week 5 against Jacksonville put up 9.1 and again all these numbers I'm giving you are um standard scoring uh week 6 at Tampa Bay was 8.6 week 8 at San Francisco only um Moore has the talent he's getting a lot of targets he has 27 targets in the last three games but he is not turning it into production um and he is basically the third option on the team
1: Christian McCaffrey is the Panthers
0: Christian McCaffrey (laughs) is like options one two and three and then you've got Curtis Samuel and then you've got DJ Moore um so only 202 yards and no touchdowns in the last three weeks uh with 27 targets so he's a little bit better in PPR but Kyle Allen, he's winning games, but he's turning in average numbers, 211 yards per game, seven touchdowns to three interceptions. Um, I don't like DJ Moore down the stretch.
1: At least not with Kyle Allen. And again, I'll talk about that later okay. when we talk about Cam Newton, etc. But I, I agree with you, DJ Moore trending down, unless you have any more to add. I mean, he just is at this point.
2: Yeah, I mean, the thing, the thing with the Panthers is as long as Kyle Allen's in, it appears that Although Moore is going to probably get more targets than Samuel. Samuel's getting all of the valuable targets that are Mm -hmm. further down the field. I think the return of Cam Newton will reset a lot of this a little bit, and we can start looking at Moore again. He loves DJ Moore. Um, But I do believe that, in the meantime, Samuel is obviously the guy you'd prefer to play of the two as long as Kyle Allen's playing.
0: Yep, I agree. Yeah, his catch percentage is not very good for a guy who gets targeted so much. It's only 65%, uh, which may have been good, you know, Ten years ago, but these days it's not enough.
2: I mean, well, since I mean, I think well, let me look at the numbers here. Cam only played what week one this season, or did he play the first two weeks?
0: Um, well, uh, Kyle Allen's only played four games, so that would be at least two weeks.
2: So, in the first two weeks of the year, DJ Moore was targeted twenty-four times and had sixteen catches. That's what I'm talking about it, when Cam comes back. That's better.
1: It, that's 75%. It's about the chemistry with those particular people. Or
0: 67%.
1: Sometimes you have uh, you have that quarterback that, that likes to throw to one guy uh, over another for specific reasons. We're seeing that here. It's not that DJ Moore is a horrible uh, receiver. No, he's not.
0: I mean, if he was bad, we wouldn't bother bringing him up.
1: <laughs> but, he's
0: just not performing in the situation he's in right now. Yeah, yeah. All right.
1: So again, if uh, if you do know the theme, just send it in to Jason at drinkfive.com or david drinkfive.com and we'll get Sean an email address. Sean at drinkfive.com. You know he wants one. He's I like I'm looking at him right now. He's I, like, I mean I do. It's, I, do. It's I short, too. It's it's great.
0: We don't have any yeah. other Sean's, no no other
2: Seans. Not nothing. Now in my spelling at least.
0: <laughs> All the Seans I know, most of the Seans I know spell it like you.
1: True, that's S-H-A-W-N. Um, I do know a couple of Sean's is spelled the other way, but we're here with this one, so we'll say this is the correct spelling.
0: That's I'm, fine with me. Yeah. That's
1: would
2: you the, wait? Would you have said otherwise if there was a different spelling, Sean, sitting here? Because this is the right one.
1: Yes, I would panic to the audience. I, I admit dare. it. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. <100%. laughs> but but you should know that this is the correct spelling. It really
2: is. Yeah. Agreed.
1: All right. So let's talk about let's talk about injuries. There's a lot of them, and I'll okay. try I'll try to get through them pretty quickly. If you guys have stuff to add. Please do so. Enlighten us. And uh, I will ask specific questions if they come up. If any bets happen to come up, I do like bets. You guys know this, so we can do those as well. Let's talk about quarterbacks first. Joe Flacco with a neck injury. They call it a herniated disc. Now, last week, he was over to the sideline. Uh, um, side he was uh, getting some work done by the trainers. He was getting examined a little bit, but he didn't miss any snaps. So I'm not really sure about this diagnosis of herniated
0: disc. I think he has uh, officially been diagnosed with a big mouth.
1: Yeah, because he was talking about how bad the play calling was, etc. cetera, uh, and and then suddenly Flacco is now benched and he is is going to be out. I, I just don't, I don't I don't
0: really see how those things correlate.
2: His his disc did not look herniated. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: came in and played more after they checked him out. You know. The one thing about Flacco's comments is that if he was right, if he got what he wanted and they were aggressive, he wouldn't even be playing. They would be starting, uh, you know, somebody else at quarterback.
1: So you guys agree. um, It's basically being inflated in order to have an easy excuse to rule him out, make a change of the position on the way to have drew lock starting in a couple of weeks the the guy that they took in the draft with a, a good amount of draft capital the person that elway thinks should be the guy to start going forward so in the meantime brandon allen who was a los angeles ram earlier this year up until blake bortles took his backup spot behind jared goff he will start and allen was originally drafted in 2016 by the jaguars in the sixth round and has not yet played a snap in the nfl outside of preseason games. And I know that Sean had a couple things to say about those preseason games.
2: Yeah, so he's played in eight preseason games the last two years as a Ram. And in those eight games, he averaged 5.7 yards per attempt, which Ooh, is not good. That's terrible. And he's thrown one touchdown and five interceptions. Again, this in is not against, games? against non-starters in preseason games. One touchdown and five interceptions. Not good. I actually... Liked Brett Rippin coming into the draft more than I liked Drew Locke. Um, Rippin was undrafted. Locke was a first-rounder, obviously. I mean, that changes the calculus for the, the Broncos. Locke is eventually going to be the starter this year. Mm-hmm. See what he can do. But I hope my hope is that Rippin gets a chance to play before Locke is activated.
1: So we might see three quarterbacks that are not Joe Flacco in the next four weeks.
2: It's very possible. I mean, if, if Allen comes out and has a Nathan Peterman esque debut, six. Why would why would they not <laughs> turn around and say, okay, Brett Rippon, get in and see what you can do? Yeah, Rippen was a. I mean, he was a very efficient quarterback, but he played Boise State, so he was at Boise State. He was not against elite competition. But Drew Locke has kind of a lot of tendencies that make him look like potentially another Jay Cutler, a yeah. guy who's Tossing not, it down the field. who will let his, his mechanics and his fundamentals get a little lax and rely on his arm talent. Right. Um, And it can can lead to some trouble. It did at Missouri at times. And and Rippon just seems like a guy who's a lot – he doesn't have the, the arm talent that Locke does, but he seems like a guy who has been a lot more sound fundamentally, a lot more efficient uh, in college – and a guy I'd love to see what he can do at the NFL level. I mean, even if it's just in a limited sample,
1: they've got some good running backs over there. We'll talk about some of them later. So it's possible that they could win some games with more of a game managing quarterback. Is that what you're saying that he encompasses?
2: Sure. I I, I think. I mean, he's, he's not at the same level as what we've seen from Gardner Minshew, but he's a similar type of player. Yeah,
1: but, but I, feel who like, is? I feel like I feel like Gardner Minshew <laughs> and Rippin are probably cut from the same cloth. Well, right.
2: They played I, in the same part of the country. They're, they're in both college. they're both like scrappy. Undersized kind of guys. They're both under six foot two, which is rare to see NFL quarterbacks under six foot two. Not that they can't succeed, but you just don't see it very often. Sure. Um, but both guys had solid, showed very solid talent in college, and just it's nice to see at least you know Minshew get a chance and. Hopefully, we will see Rippon get that chance as well before Locke is activated.
1: Okay, so the most likely scenario, and I agree with Sean here, is that Allen puts up below average numbers for a a week or two. Rippon comes in, and then Drew Locke comes in after that. Now, Locke has not actually practiced yet. He is healthy, has been healthy, apparently, according to reports, wandering around the locker room saying, when do I get to play? But he's, he's towing the line, the line that he should tow, um, and not saying anything negative, etc., waiting for his chance because he knows that he will play this year. Um, but I think it's likely that we will see the backup and Drew Locke. So we're going to get a lot of quarterback changes here, which is not good for the receivers on the Denver Broncos. But probably doesn't really impact that much the uh, the running game there, which is, of course, between Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay that we'll touch on in a little bit. Why throw Locke to the Wolves against Minnesota and Buffalo in Week 11 and 12 when you have, you know, Rippon and, uh, um, uh, and Allen? Alan, Alan. So we're going to see these quarterbacks get ripped up a little bit. Yeah, I can,
0: I can see <laughs> Joe Flacco getting moved to the IR as soon as uh, they activate uh, Mr. Locke That's there.
1: too many quarterbacks, man. I mean, you got to get rid of I one mean, of them. I mean,
0: you shouldn't have three bad quarterbacks, let alone four.
1: got to get rid of two of them. <laughs> Um, So I'm betting Locke gets his first start against the Chargers in Week 13. In the meantime, I agree with Sean. Rippon's probably better than Allen. We're going to see Allen um, put up a bad one. So I I would stray away from the the receivers on the Broncos for this next game. Cam Newton with a foot injury. We talked about a, a little bit earlier, Kyle Allen versus Cam Newton, how that impacts DJ Moore and some of the other receivers. Kyle Allen's dismal performance against the 49ers where he had three interceptions, only 158 yards, and uh, basically completed uh, half his passes. Um, The consensus around the NFL, the beat reporters, the people um, in, in high places, all say that Cam Newton will be slotting back into the lineup shortly. Allen will start against the Titans in week nine, but likely be his last start of the season, unless Newton suffers a setback in his rehab and practice, of course. But Cam is only 42% owned right now. So if you are in a redraft league, and especially a super flex league, if he's available in your league, you need to grab him right now. This is after waivers. He's still not owned in a lot of places. He, the most likely scenario, 85 90%. I think you guys agree with me as he comes back week 10.
0: Yeah, unless Kyle Allen puts up an amazing game.
1: I think they've already decided against Kyle he Allen. He
0: is available in all of my Yahoo leagues.
1: Pick him up, sir.
0: I don't know that I need him. I have Gardner Minshew.
1: <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes with an ankle. It's still unclear if Mahomes will start in week nine against the Vikings. Seems less likely as we approach the weekend. Matt Moore was the quarterback to address the media today after practice, and I think Mahomes' fantasy owners may need to find a fill-in for one more week. It looked like he might uh, come back way ahead Mm -hmm. of... Dave,
0: may I suggest Gardner Minshew? (laughs) We need to make this a drinking game. As a fill-in? Sure. (laughs) To Gardner. Cecil Shorts, Gardner Minshew. Cheers. Yes. He's the new Cecil Shorts, everybody.
1: So so basically, a lot of people were hoping he'd come back. I don't think he will. Moore performed pretty well against the Packers. He was 24 for 36 for 237 and two touchdowns. So it could be a serviceable quarterback too this week. However, Gardner Minshew ranked way, way more highly above Matt Moore. So that Way, yeah. You're still looking for somebody to play in place of Patrick Mahomes. Minshew mania. Case Keenum with a concussion. Haskins is not yet ready to start. That is painfully obvious to everyone who watches football. But Keenum has yet to be cleared from the concussion that he suffered in Week 8. So if Keenum can't start, Haskins might be thrust into a horrible matchup with the Bills. I have nothing else to add except that Terry McLaurin, who's such a great wide receiver this year, is not going to be good with anybody (laughs) except for Case Keenum um, this year. It's just not going to happen. Haskins is not playing well. And there's a lot of problems with the Redskins. But if Keenum is not starting as quarterback, you can't start their receivers. Period. Period.
2: Agreed. Agreed. I, I love McLaurin, but I agree with you that I mean, unless somehow Colt McCoy gets to start. Oh Lord. And even then against against Buffalo. <laughs> Bring back Alex Smith. Uh, <laughs> I mean, even so, even even if even if even if Keenum were to start this week against Buffalo, that's not a great spot for yeah, McLaurin. Rough. Um
1: but he's so good, man.
2: I mean, I pulled up some numbers on it and um so far, only three. So McLaurin is more of a deep threat, a guy who's going to catch longer passes. You got to figure Washington, first of all, is going to lean on the run as they've been doing. Um, and the Bills have only allowed three receivers all year to catch for 15 yards a catch or more. And they're Josh Gordon, Allen Hearns, and Alshon Jeffrey. They have great defense. None of whom put up more than 64 yards. So, I mean, if they're going to be limiting the targets and no one's getting deep ones. It's it's really hard to see McLaurin having any sort of useful week with anyone other than Keenum, and even with Keenum, really against Buffalo. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right, and let me reiterate, if anyone knows the theme song. The theme. The theme of the songs.
0: The theme of the songs. If, we need it, if we're going to have a theme song, that's your department, Dave.
1: Okay, I'll get that going. But if anyone knows the theme of the songs tonight, please let us know. We would love to get the right answer so we can send you a, a present. It might be a David Johnson bobblehead. Who knows? But we'll see. All right. Um, David Johnson, by the way, looking at running backs, was a limited participant in practice today and trending towards a game-time decision. It's great for David Johnson owners to know that he is getting more healthy. However, I would not count on him providing any fantasy production this particular week. There is a problem. Uh, Chase Edmonds Edmonds with a hamstring is also injured. David Johnson with the back and ankle. Even if he plays, uh, they picked up Kenyon Drake, but he's only been there for like 48 hours. He's not going to know hardly anything in the offense especially in an offense that's uh, that's run by uh, Kingsbury and uh, all of the things that he's trying to bring into it. Zach Zenner and Alfred Morris are also there to complete this running back by committee that no one on the Cardinals wanted at any point. So <laughs> Yeah, this was supposed to be a one-man show. Brand new running back playing against the 49ers. Smart move is to avoid the whole mess and circle back next week. I don't think you can start any of them, especially uh, in the matchup that they have. Uh, this this. I agree. Year. I would
0: bench all Cardinals this week. I'm
2: I'm okay with Drake if you're desperate enough, but I agree in general. You got to be desperate. Um, I mean, well, the Niners are much better against the pass than against the run. Um, but I would I in general, their defense is lights out. I would be leery of any Cardinal running back. But if there was one, I would potentially play if I were desperate. It's Drake.
1: Sure, I think he'll have the most touches, but I just don't think he's had enough time to to really uh grasp the things that they're doing and, and and get really great design plays james connor with a shoulder put up some impressive stats against the dolphins but was injured in the last two minutes of the game when he fell on his shoulder tomlin said on tuesday in a press conference when he addressed the media that the injury was to his ac joint he would be held out early in the week which he was he didn't practice today he was a dnp but still had the chance to practice and play on sunday if the shoulder progresses enough so It would be surprising to me if James Conner plays. However, that's still open. If it is just a light AC sprain, it's possible that it happens. Those people that are out there that were able to pick up Jalen Samuels on the waiver wire, he might end up being 100% of the snaps uh, with maybe just a couple being spelled by Trey Edmonds, who is not a very quality running back. (laughs) So if you have Samuels and Conner doesn't play, happy birthday. I mean, that's fantastic. But I think Connor does have a chance at returning, so pay attention to the news. Royce Freeman with a shoulder shoulder issue he picked up in Week 8. Could linger. He might be held out against the Browns this week. More likely he pushes through it from all that I've heard from beat reporters, etc. Freeman and Lindsey uh, in the running game will be very important for the Broncos with the first-time starter Brandon Allen at quarterback that we talked about earlier. So watch the news this week again to make sure that Freeman is practicing leading up to the game. But if he doesn't, Philip Lindsay will be an all-star in that game because it's just going to be handoffs and little passes to Lindsay the whole game.
2: Again, define all star because again with Brandon Allen (laughs) at quarterback, that offense might just in general sputter. Okay,
1: more than his usual uh, points this season, which for Philip Lindsay and a half PPR, more than
2: his usual touches. I don't know about points. Well, Well, I'm just saying,
1: (laughs) I'm just saying he'll he'll probably his his floor is probably like eight points, ten points.
2: Sure, and PPR, yeah, I'd give you that.
1: So so he's a good play. Um, it's it's been tough with Freeman and Lindsay because Freeman's been vulturing a lot of the touchdowns. But I don't know that we can count on Denver getting down to the to the goal line <laughs> with Brandon Allen playing. Right,
2: right, and that's kind of my com- my complaint when when you say yeah that he's an all star because there may not be touchdowns to be had.
1: When I say all star, I mean he might he'll probably be in the top thirty of running backs. Uh, you know, so someone who you should play or can
2: that play. A lot of all stars. <laughs> All right, move, moving on. You're right. This, this
1: <laughs> nomenclature is not is not accurate. I'm
0: surprised you're not higher on them at least this week because they're playing the Browns. <laughs> Sorry, I said I'm just surprised you're not higher on them this week because they're playing the Browns. Higher on who? On the Broncos. I mean, it's a great. I mean, I don't think the Browns
1: are horrible on defense necessarily. <laughs> I think I offense. think they're a horrible offense. Uh...
2: They're they're middling and they're a middling defense. I know. You think I just hate the Browns?
0: I don't. I don't want the Browns to be. No, horrible. I just need you to tell me that they're bad.
2: I mean, as a as a Steelers, <laughs> it'll get through eventually. As a Steelers fan, you kind of want the Browns to be horrible, but they are. Oh, oh. They like they got, they, the, are. they got all
1: the they got all the draft picks there and all the is. players, and they're still horrible. Oh, see, okay. he's allergic to the Browns. And Miles Sanders <laughs> with a shoulder injury, 118 all-purpose yards and a touchdown last week for Sanders' best you game so far night, as a you know. rookie. Um, I'll, I'll come back. Yeah. But Sanders left the game in the third quarter with a shoulder injury. He didn't practice today, but it looks like he's, he's not in any danger of missing weeknight against the Bears. Sproles is also back at practice. So if they all come back again, uh, meaning Howard and Sproles and Sanders, and Sanders, then we might have more of a running back by committee. What we're seeing right now is Jordan Howard with the majority of the touches. I think we'll continue to see that. Sanders has been doing really well with a low amount of of touches. Yeah, I think last week was Fantasy Fools Gold from Miles
0: Sanders. Sanders has been doing well in he general. He Has he had uh, over one hundred yards and a touchdown? But he had only six touches, and he's not you know he's been below double digit touches the last three weeks. I don't like that in a guy who you are going to be starting at running back. <laughs>
1: He's a rookie, so you have to you have to think about the the way that the team is going, who they've been playing, what the injury forecast has been. Sure. Um, I I don't I don't file him under fantasy fool's gold. I think Miles Sanders is very talented, but I do think Philadelphia is going with Howard as the main back, and and that means that if Sanders can't do well with his six or seven or eight touches, then he's not going to score you a bunch of points.
0: <laughs> right. So yeah, I mean they play Chicago, New England, and Seattle coming up. Okay, it, you know, still is the easiest out of the bunch. I guess. No, and
2: and Sanders. I mean, you mentioned the six touches and how many yards he put up, but that's the second time in three weeks he's put up over ninety yards on six touches.
0: Yeah,
1: he does well with a he's, little he, amount.
2: They, I, I. It may be a case of the Eagles finally figuring out how to utilize him. Um, but you're right. If he continues to see that, there's going to be some floor. It's not leaks enough volume. Yeah,
0: his floor is like last week when he had thirty-two yards. <laughs> He okay. had more return yards than actual yards.
1: Matt Breda with an ankle. Week 8 was all about Tevin Coleman. We had 11 rushes for 105 yards and three touchdowns, two receptions for 13 yards and one touchdown.
0: He hit all the touchdowns.
1: I mean, But again, we look at Tevin Coleman, who had 11 <laughs> rushes for 105 yards and three touchdowns. A lot of these teams, it doesn't necessarily matter that they have 20 carries. What matters is, are they giving them the carries and design plays with the holes that are necessary to get the yardage? And that's what I'm seeing with Sanders. But... Tevin Coleman is is head and shoulders above him. And he is clearly now the number one running back on the 49ers, which is fantastic considering that's a team that just runs the ball. Matt Breda, if he's able to play, should also be a running back, uh, or not also, but in addition, be a running back too for that matchup. Um, unfortunately, he is questionable. Uh, uh, Raheem Mostert has a knee. Yeah. Jeff Wilson has a neck. Uh, he got he got a stinger in the last game. So it feels like there's nobody there but Tevin Coleman right now. Watch and, and look to see who's going to be that RB2 because they will probably end up being a top 25 running back.
0: Sure. You know, all I look at this game, all of the players who I have uh, a fantasy interest in this week, I want them to not play this week <laughs> so they can get a little bit more healthy. And uh, because, I, you know, from Brita and uh, on the other side, we were talking about you know, David Johnson, Chase Edmonds, any of those guys, I, I would just rather have them sit out this week because I don't see a lot of production coming from them.
1: Oh, man. Breda would be great against Arizona if he was playing with Coleman. Why, why would you not want to play him?
0: Well, he's a little banged up. I'm fine with – I don't like starting guys on Thursday night anyway. So I'm fine with just sit out the game, get a little more healthy, and then steal the spot back from Coleman. That's not going to happen. I know.
2: <laughs> well, there's no stealing that spot. Coleman is the guy.
0: <laughs> Sean is allergic to bad football We should talk about a good team next Alright, I like the music
1: I like the music Excellent. I think I know the theme Cool So, uh, wide receivers. Marquise Brown with an ankle. We should see him back in action this week after he returned to practice today, but he's not someone to use against the Patriots unless you have a serious need at wide receiver. Even then, I would suggest trying to find someone else because Brown has been trending down in fantasy production even before his injury. Devontae Adams with a toe. Uh, We talked about this at dinner, actually. And Adams participated in practice today without any visible signs of limitation, in quotations. (laughs) Adam Schefter already reported this past weekend on Saturday that Adams' return in week nine against the Chargers is likely. And I saw a video today of uh, of Adams, you know, doing cuts, going up and down, sprinting. No, nothing wrong with the guy. And that's the same kind of thing I saw with Saquon, and then Saquon was like, I'm good.
2: Back back to wide receiver one status for so, Devontae. Devontae
1: Adams, you know, top eight guy for the rest of the year as long as he's over his toe injury. So that's good to hear averaging about seven receptions for 90 plus yards in each of his first four games aaron Rodgers has been lights out the last two weeks if you add Devonte adams to that can you imagine if he had Devonte adams instead of just if, random wide receivers yeah. if any
2: if anything i probably it probably takes aaron jones down a peg just because he won't have quite Do not the same, take aaron jones down a peg he yep. won't have the same <laughs> receiving work that he's been getting right with he'll Devontae get 22
1: out. points instead of 30 yeah I, I, <laughs> you're right though. you
2: expect him to keep scoring the touchdowns the rate that he's scoring
1: no i think we'll have more passing touchdowns
2: well look what's going to happen
0: is there's going to be three passes to Devontae and then a long touchdown from aaron jones instead of just a really long touchdown from aaron jones well if
1: they do well in sure. the passing game they're still going to run a lot the question is then does it go more to jamal williams and more of a split so i do they agree do with him.
0: split with him but man aaron jones gets he gets enough work
2: right? yeah i mean keep in mind that Joe, uh williams has two receiving touchdowns in the last two weeks true despite just, what jones has been doing Jamal
0: williams had maybe the most impressive receiving touchdown of the week last week when he was diving in the corner of the end zone and Aaron Rodgers threw it away and everyone thought it was an amazing pass. But uh, well, was, I there swear like there was a throwaway. I think
2: it was deflected. That was pretty good. It reminds that. me of
1: the Russell Wilson pass. I think it was to Tyler Lockett uh, in one of the first couple of weeks of the season where it looked like he was throwing it away to the corner and, oh, and, he and he just came down with had it. had
0: the Santonio San Holmes yeah. toe tap. <laughs>
1: It's just it happens more often nowadays, I guess. D.D. Westbrook, next shoulder. Westbrook tried to tough it out this past week. Didn't end up playing past the first half. He's been disappointing this season. Seated most of those fantasy production points to D.J. Chark and Chris Conley. We talked about those guys earlier. I don't think Westbrook is someone you need on your team.
0: So that's uh, that's three good teams. Sean's been okay. I predict he sneezes during the next guy.
1: We talked briefly about, (laughs) about A.J. Green. Green is practicing. Should be good to go against the Ravens in Week 10. So Bengals declined to trade him. Looks like there'll be some kind of long-term extension in the offseason. But in the meantime, he's going to be returning. Now, whether or not that's with Ryan Finley, who's projected, not projected, but is going to start in Week 10, or if that ends up going back to Andy Dalton, say Finley is just horrible and they have no choice, it doesn't matter. It could be embarrassing. They're still going to target A.J. Green. So those people that held on to him or those people were uh, A.J. Green's available on your waiver wire— which is probably not a lot considering I think uh, his own percentage is pretty huge still.
0: AJ Green, I can look that up for you real quick.
1: Um, he will get fantasy points, so uh, it's time to, to set him out there. And if you have AJ Green on your bench uh, and you're just playing him as like wide receiver three or a flex, I mean, that's pretty good.
0: Real quick, which has the worst search, Reddit or Yahoo player search?
1: I don't know how to, how to answer that question. The answer is they're
0: <laughs> both freaking terrible. There's, there's, I can't there's. search for AJ Green without doing capital A, period, capital J, period.
1: We just search for green and let it pop up. I,
0: it's a lot of people.
2: I, there's, I mean, just there's Google for that. I mean, just go to sure. Google and type in AJ Green. But something, when I'm there, something useful is going to come up.
0: No, but I need, I, I when I specifically want to see like his little player page for the ownership and everything, which he's 84% owned. So
1: I'm sorry you're pressed. Unlikely
0: to be available. I just want to <laughs> say that Yahoo search sucks. Um, Flea Flicker is a far superior fantasy football website. And, I
2: mean, <laughs> my one addition with Green is with him coming off of that injury, the fact that the rookie QB Ryan Finley is likely to be the starter is going to be a, put a big damper on, I think, that whole offense. The biggest change in value on that Bengals offense with his return is probably to Auden Tate, who goes back to the bench. I don't think you're going to see yeah. a big spike or a huge drop for Tyler Boyd or for, for Mixon. Or really a big jump for A.J. Green because you didn't draft him to be a wide receiver three flex when he gets healthy. You drafted him with the hope that he'd come back and be a guy who could help carry your, your fantasy team. Well, there's
1: a big jump from bench to uh, scoring 10 points a well, game. Well,
2: sure, but you didn't expect him <laughs> to be out until week 10 when you drafted him.
1: No, no, certainly he'd not. He'd have been
2: on IR if you thought that if the Bengals thought he'd be out till. then. Well, we'll see, know?
1: but you're crazy if you don't think they just target him as the first look on every single play.
2: Sure, but, I mean, are you excited if he comes up with five catches for 60 yards every week?
1: I'm excited that a guy on my bench is going to be producing fantasy He's going points. to be back.
2: Fair. That's fair. <laughs>
1: we'll see what happens. But I, I, I agree with you that I don't think that Ryan Finley is going to come out of the box and be some, uh, you know, amazing miracle for the Bengals. He won't be a Minshew. Brandon Cook's concussion, it's a bye week for Cooks, but he's off visiting a series of specialists to discuss his history of concussions. He's had a total of four known concussions now, including the one he suffered last week. It's now a possibility that he'll take multiple weeks to recover, or maybe be put on IR, or maybe even retire from football. The important thing here is that he gets healthy ASAP. I have him on a team um, in Dynasty, and you know I can't do anything but wish the guy the best of luck. It's unfortunate that he wasn't doing a, an amazing job so far this year, but I put that more on the Rams in general and <laughs> uh, and Cooper Cup for They're stealing all of his offense. receptions. Yeah, however. I don't think you can expect much from Cooks, um, at least not for the next three weeks. So I would put him on the bench, leave him there until he proves that he can have a good game. That's what I'm going to do. Sterling Shepard with a concussion. Speaking of concussions, uh, Shepard hasn't played since week five, but he'll be back in uniform along with the rest of the Giants' offensive pieces. This is the first game for the entire season that we've had all of those people on the Giants that have come out. So Golden Tate, Evan Engram, um, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, Sterling Sterling Shepard. They're all going to be available, and we'll see if they can do well against Dallas. The problem is Dallas has a good defense. I don't think they'll do well, but it's going to be a good game for us to gauge... Uh, targets when everybody is active. Sure, who they're who they're going to. Like, is it going to be Shepard? Is it going to be Tate? Do they continue to target Engram and Saquon more than the wide receivers? Um, that's what I'm interested in
0: seeing. So it's a Monday night game. If you're questionable at starting these guys, you got to take that into account mm-hmm. when you make your decisions.
2: Yeah, I think the, the the biggest change for the Giants will be it'll it'll be a negative impact on Darius Slayton, but I still love his long term outlook. Just from what he we've seen from the last month and a yeah, half. Yeah,
1: great so. player, but he moves to wr three now. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun Jackson with an abdomen injury, he's actually coming back. It looks like he adds a lot to the Eagles' offense when he's able to stretch that field. And looks like he'll be back for Week Nine's bout with the Bears.
2: Are we sure he's back this week?
1: He's practicing. Okay. Uh, I I don't. I don't have like confirmation that he is back. We have called practicing. him on the phone. He's practicing. But that's good for the Eagles for a lot of reasons. And especially good for um, for the quarterback, for Wentz, and for the running backs who are going to maybe have one less guy in the box when you have a guy like Deshaun Jackson running 50 yards down the field in a couple Sean seconds. Deshaun Jackson,
0: one game this year, 27 points. Right. <laughs> so
1: they have to game plan against him, which is great. Uh, let's look at the tight ends. Chris Herndon with a hamstring limited in Wednesday's practice. He looks like he's on track to play in week nine against the Dolphins. Darnold excelled with Herndon last season and the matchup with the Dolphins would be a great place to enjoy a get right game for Darnold and the Jets offense in general. I am not one of those people that think that Darnold is just done because he saw a couple ghosts because he had a bad game last week. I think Darnold is a good quarterback um, who has a team that should be uh, average to above average as far as their offense is concerned. With Herndon coming back, who excelled with Darnold last season, yeah, I, look I, to it. I think that he should end up being a top 10 tight end right away. Uh, I don't know, just like Deshaun Jackson, that he's actually playing, but he is practicing and he's uh, done with his suspension and his injury. So let's say 80% chance that he plays this week.
2: Yeah, and I agree with you that uh, I don't believe that Darnold is who he was the last couple weeks, but yep. I'm excited for him to shred the Dolphins and people to overreact in the other direction. <laughs>
1: It's it's like of course a,
0: Sam Darnold should have been picked first overall. It's a
1: seesaw, you know. You you play the Dolphins, and everyone's going to be like, "You're amazing."
0: Few uh, quarterbacks I've seen go back and forth so quickly because you know when I listen to people talk about that draft class, they still say that Sam Darnold is probably the best quarterback. That was picked there, and people still really like him.
1: I, I like Darnold. Yeah, I think I think he'll be really good still. Uh, last guy, OJ Howard hamstring won't spend a lot of time on him. Looks like a long shot to play in week nine against the Seahawks. But it's not like he's going to do very well. He hasn't done well the entire season. If, you,
2: if you're still holding on to OJ Howard, him not playing is the best possible thing for your fantasy team because it means you're not considering playing him in your lineup. Yes. So bench don't, or drop. Don't play OJ Howard. Don't do it. Boom. The
0: last time I saw OJ Howard catch a ball was at a Tampa Bay Rays game. That was pretty funny
1: The reason why He actually did catch the ball Did you see that?
0: I
2: I did see it uh, But (laughs) I mean again It was a a baseball Not a football
1: It was smaller the, the reason that uh, that I bring this up is because Cameron Brait is kind of a toss-up play in this matchup, but I don't consider him a great play because both Anthony Auclair and Tanner Hudson are also getting a decent share of snaps in the offense. So while you look at Cameron Brait getting, for example, like 60% of the snaps, you also have Anthony Auclair getting like 40% and Tanner Hudson getting 25%. Cameron Brait's questionable for this week, too. Well, questionable to me means he's going to play probably.
0: Yeah, question. Everybody's questionable nowadays. But, but fair enough. Since, Good since point. they removed the probable tag, that's
1: all I have. Uh, so let's move on to the rookies. All right, and we love having Sean Foss on the podcast, who is our college expert and drink5.com contributor. He writes the Rookie Report every week. We post usually on Thursday afternoon. encourage you guys to check that out at drink5.com. But I know Jason has some questions for Sean, so let's go through some of those as fast as we can. We have about, uh, you know, maybe 20, 25 minutes left in the podcast.
0: So the questions for Sean are always along the lines of, Sean, where did O.J. Howard go to college?
2: Alabama. Oh, I mean, of course that was an easy one. one. I don't know
0: where these guys go to college, so I have no clue. I do know where Gardner Minshew went,
2: though. Well, of course. I mean, Washington State, right? Wazoo, yeah, up in the Palouse. Okay, so what I'm going to do, Sean, is uh,
0: give you a rookie and give you their stats for the year, so that we have some context. And I want you to give me a grade for them through. uh, through the halfway point of the season. Sure. Um, when you say grade, what do you mean exactly? I mean, would you be comfortable with a scale of one to ten, or do we want to go strictly grade and go? You know, I like the grade. like B plus.
2: I'm, I'm fine with however you want me to do it. I'll Sean, figure it out.
0: Sean, you wing it. It's a report no. card. Let's you do. Just give me
2: just do pick it it a number consistent. scale or letters. Let's go letter. Let's go letter. actual
1: letters
0: yeah. like uh, like yeah. a, an elementary school grade. Okay. <laughs> there there are no E for efforts unless uh, you really think they deserve it. So, first of all, <laughs> Kyler Murray, the number one overall pick, e is effort. averaging 18.43 points per game. He's played eight games. He has 1,988 passing yards, seven touchdowns, four picks, and he's ran the ball 51 times for 279 yards, an additional two touchdowns on the ground. Uh, so, Kyler Murray is our highest scoring quarterback so far this year. How do you like his performance so far?
2: Um, I would, I'd give Kyler a B minus. I think we came into the year. Looking at him, looking at this offense that Cliff Kingsbury was going to bring as something that could revolutionize the NFL. This is something that – I mean, he had – I mean, this spread offense, you keep seeing it year after year that the the biggest fads in the NFL on offense are things that come from the college game. And this is the first team that finally said, look, we're going to literally just take this widespread. Literally
0: take the college
2: game. The air raid, let's put four wide receivers on the field 75% of the time and chuck it all over the yard. They're the first team that's really kind of gone all in on that. And, And somehow he's still averaging less than 250 yards per game passing. You would have expected more out of him, but I would say that revolutions take time. They've done done
0: a lot of running recently. And
2: I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they have been miserable at putting the ball in the end zone when they get inside the 20. That's the problem, man. As somebody who owns Zane Gonzalez in a couple of fantasy leagues,
0: I love that they fail in the
2: red zone so consistently, but they have failed to put the ball in the end zone. I mean, he's got seven touchdowns in eight games through the air, and, and he's found his legs here and there, and the running game has come in. But the idea is, uh, look, I B minus is above average. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, and he's been, He's at least he didn't come in and fall flat on his face and look like a complete waste. It's a passing grid. <laughs> But he, but but he change, also hasn't looked like the, the league changer that we hoped he could be.
0: I think it's going to take some time to do that. So next guy sure. is Gardner Minshew of Jacksonville. He has 17.64 points per he game. He loves the Minshew. He's played in eight games, started seven of them, but it counts for eight. 1,976 yards. 13 touchdowns to only two interceptions uh he has 201 rush yards on his tally as well um so we know that he gets an a plus for me what does he get from you
2: (laughs) so this is gonna sound unfair because i'm not saying he's flat out been better than don't make me cut your mic i'm not gonna say he's flat out been better than kyler murray but based on expectations he gets an a yeah yeah. that's a nicer
0: stat line 13 to 2 well, don't don't compare them
1: halfway through the season. But Gardner Minshew, like like John just that's said, that's exactly the had entire n- point of this. Segment. Had no expectations, none, and and he's sure. he's outplayed them all.
2: I mean, even in two quarterback dynasty leagues, it's very likely Garden Minshew went undrafted in your league. But Jacksonville I mean, does have a, a better
1: team than the Cardinals uh, came in. Of course.
0: Into, so. Of course he does. So what was your grade for him? I
2: missed it. It's a solid A. It's not an A plus like nice. you gave him. Okay, it's that's solid. fine. I'd I, I prefer he didn't fumble as much as he does. Every
1: teacher needs a favorite. I would yeah, prefer- the nine fumbles are an issue.
0: Yeah, it's an issue. Yeah, it's an issue. <laughs> we got over that earlier. So,
2: but, but I love the way he plays the game. I love his competitiveness. I love, you
0: know... He likes the
1: jockstrap and the mustache. I, yeah. No, I mean The mustache with the soul patch.
2: He's a character. I enjoy that he's a character, but in the specific. He's having that, a lot of fun different. playing football.
0: Yeah. So we talked about it a bunch earlier already. We'll move on. Yeah. Daniel Jones is the other main rookie quarterback. 15.29 points per game. He started in six games so far this year. 1,466 yards passing, 10 touchdowns, seven picks, though. He's turned the ball over a bunch. Uh, he has 134 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Most of that, I think, came in his first game against Tampa.
2: Uh no the the ground game stuff almost all came against Tampa but he he had really after that debut had really kind of looked mediocre or worse every game after that until he played Detroit this past week when he suddenly looked like the same guy that we saw that first performance I mean mm-hmm. he's okay there so is very up and down I think I think there's a lot of talent there but I think he's on a bad team right now and as the team gets better his performance will get better um i I think he's already outperformed what I had expected him to do this year. I would probably give Jones a b plus
0: Oh, that's fair. I mean that's a Kyler Murray grade right there. Oh, for he's only giving. He was Calimari. only drafted five.
1: He's giving Calimary a B be minus because he was the first pick overall right, and didn't change go. the game
2: yet. Right, and I'm not. <laughs> and I'm not going to. And I'm not going to knock Jones because we're grading G- on a curve here. I'm yeah. not going to knock Jones because Gettleman drafted him ahead of where we all thought he was going to go. Be.
0: Fair enough. So, are there any rookie quarterbacks that I'm missing? I don't think I missed anybody. It'd be hard to miss a rookie quarterback that's been Well, there's a bunch, playing.
1: but not maybe ones not that one we that's need to
2: mention. I'm, I'm going to give Dwayne Haskins an incomplete experience. We <laughs> yeah. haven't seen enough yeah, of him. that's fair enough. Uh, you're right. That's that's pretty much it as far as the, the notable rookie QBs. Okay,
0: so moving on to running backs. We lead off with Josh Jacobs, who has 13.74 points per game. He's played seven games, 620 rushing yards, four touchdowns add on another 11 catches for 102 and no receiving touchdowns yet uh, but I really like what I've seen out of Josh Jacobs he is clearly leading the pack here he is I believe I said earlier the RB 11 in uh, standard scoring uh, it's probably a little bit lower in PPR I would imagine because he's not catching too many passes.
1: 11 receptions is not blowing anybody up yeah
0: no but it's 10 in the last four 10 in the last four weeks so at least it's you know it's moving in the right direction
2: yeah, I mean, I don't see how you can give Josh Jacobs anything lower than an A. I mean, he's been outstanding. Yes. He might actually – I just want to confirm this. I think he has more rushing yards this year than he had in any season he had in college. No kidding. Uh, Yeah, his his career best in college was 640 yards.
0: So he's 604 right now. He's going to he pass that pass this pass week. That. Yeah. 620, it says on your – Yeah. Oh, 620, yeah.
2: Yeah, I've got – yeah, 620. His – he's – after week one, when he averaged 3.7 yards a carry, he hasn't averaged lower than 4.4 4 in any game since then. So he's been consistent week after week, producing on the carries that he gets, and he's getting treated like a a, a workhorse by the Raiders. I mean, he's done everything you could ask him to do. For a guy, again, who was not a workhorse in college, he has thrived in that role in Oakland. I don't see how you could give him anything less than an A.
0: All right, David Montgomery, 8.9 points per game played 7 games, 366 rushing yards, 3 touchdowns, 15 catches for 97 yards and no receiving touchdowns.
1: If I can just say that again, I was at the Bears game this past week and it's yeah. the only game that I've seen so far where David Montgomery was actually doing well and rushing the whole game. The other games that I saw him in, he was he was not the predominant ball carrier. He was not the guy that was given the ball, um, you know, at, at the goal line to score touchdowns, et cetera. So, yeah. uh, I do like that that Montgomery is looking forward. Um,
2: okay. No, I would. I, I think Montgomery deserves a B. I think he's been. I think he's been solid. Okay. Uh, I think he's been real solid. I think he. Um, the problem that Montgomery has had has been the play calling by the Bears. They don't con- consistently commit to the run. Uh, I mean, you saw it the week before he went for 135 yards or so. He got three carries and zero in the first half of that game. And it's just I mean, they they carried
0: the ball seven times that whole game.
2: How much of that? How much can you knock Montgomery for that? I mean, the the biggest concerns with Montgomery is that yes, at times he dances a little too much in the backfield when he should just get downhill. Too much dancing. But by the by the same token, he's the he was basically that same player in college. It's not like he. Is a different guy now than he was in college. This is kind of who he is. Um, he makes guys miss, and and he's done. He's done what he should be doing at the NFL level. I, I'd give him a B. He's been at least above average.
0: Okay, impressive. We're definitely grading on a curve here. So I think you're 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 taking into account the expectations going into the season, right?
2: Oh, of course. Okay. Uh, How can can you not? I mean, how do you not treat the number one overall pick differently than the guy who was drafted in the sixth round? You have to. You can't just look at all these
0: guys in a vacuum. You have to understand. Because that has to do with, like, where we might have taken them, even in fantasy football. Um, So we've got Miles Sanders, who has eight point. or, I'm sorry, skipping Devin Singletary of Buffalo, 8.75 points per game. He's played four games only. he had been a little banged up. 172 rushing yards and a touchdown, 58 receiving yards, and another touchdown through the air. So Singletary, you know, right behind Montgomery in terms of production so far. Uh, obviously, he's not been playing as much, but um, so in Buffalo, I think that uh, because he's behind the ageless Frank Gore, uh, they're not going to give him too much work yet, right?
2: Um, I, I would, I would kind of agree with that. I think, I think Singletary has, I think he gets. I'm trying to think, either a B plus or A minus. He's right on that kind of borderline between B plus and A minus. The thing about Devin Singletary, I mean, it's probably I'm grading him more generously because of my initial idea of what he was as a player coming in. I did not think very highly of Singletary coming into the year. He is as bad of an overall athlete as you can imagine at the running back position, and it has not affected his production and the way he's played. I mean... Um, he's below the twentieth percentile in both forty yard dash and agility <laughs> drills, and jumping ability. Like right. all of his athleticism traits are awful, uh, but he's got this ability to see the field well, and he's fast enough uh, to get the job done at the NFL level. He's only played four games, so you can't you can't rule against him for games that he missed with injury. Uh, because of course. And that's why, you know, I give weeks. the games because
0: you know, we're looking at the stat totals, so we want to know.
2: The, the the biggest concern for him is gonna be is gonna be gore. So games where they are a heavy favorite, where they're gonna be playing from out front, his snap count's gonna be lower. Okay. But in the games where they've played from behind, the game against the Jets, they won week one, where they were down almost all game, came back and won late, and then the game this past week where they got blown out by Philly, he played sixty eight percent of the snaps in both of those games. He is going to play a ton when they play from behind, and the easiest part of their schedule is behind them.
0: So they're going to be doing that a lot. So a guy we've talked about a bunch already, Mm -hmm. uh, Miles Sanders, he has 8.6 points per game. He's played in eight games, 291 yards and a touchdown, 274 receiving yards and another touchdown through the air. Uh, He is definitely the best receiving back that we have in the rookie class right now.
2: Statistically, yes. I don't know that talent-wise or traits that he's the best receiving back. Interesting,
0: definitely. Like by the, far, statistically.
2: Statistically, is because he had some long plays. I think trait-wise, he is the best home run threat. Well, he, they run it. They
0: line class. him up like Aaron Jones. They line him up at receiver a lot too.
2: I would give I would give Sanders a C plus. Okay. And the reason I say that is because again, he uh, he was treated on the same plane as Montgomery and Josh Jacobs. And the thing with with Sanders that we've seen is he does not have the fundamentals between the tackles that those guys do Um, he very consistently does not see the cutback lanes does not see the best place to go and he that's why we're now seeing Jordan Howard get such a vast majority of the between the tackle snaps.
0: Okay, so C plus for Sanders. We've got Daryl Henderson, who has not done a whole lot. He's played in three games, he's only 3.9 points per game right now. Uh, no impressive stats, really, to give you. Um, so, Daryl Henderson, he's basically the backup to Todd Gurley at the moment, hasn't gotten a lot of action. Um, is he incomplete still, or would you give him a, a low grade?
2: Um, based on where people were drafting Daryl Henderson, it's hard not to give him a C minus, you know, or lower. I would say C minus for him. Okay. Uh my biggest concern with Henderson is just that it took him so long to get on the field. He's looked good when he's been on the field. Um, you know, he hasn't gotten a ton of opportunity. Uh Gurley isn't going anywhere. Right, being behind Gurley, you're not gonna get a lot of opportunity. Right, right. So you don't see him as having a ton of immediate upside. He'd have to get out of LA or get Gurley out of LA to really have a, a big role. I think the idea was that the thought was he was going to have kind of this special role as maybe uh, an extra receiver on certain downs and then okay. just, that hasn't come it's to not fruition. Working out. So um, I
0: look at him maybe more as a dynasty prospect right now and sure. not really relevant in the rest of the year. Uh, so Alexander Madison is a guy who has big numbers, uh, but not a lot of points per game necessarily because he's played in all eight games. He has 331 rushing yards, um, which is third in the rookie class. However... Uh, he's behind Dalvin Cook, so is he merely like one of the best handcuffs in the league?
2: Um, I yeah, I would give him a solid for what again for what he was drafted to do. I'd give him a solid B. He's the backup to Cook.
0: Uh
2: uh-huh. Um He's never going to overtake Cook as long as Cook is healthy. But in games where they've won, he's running for over fifty yards a game on average. Okay. When they win, he does exactly what he's supposed to do with the carries that he does get, but. As far as fantasy purposes, as that standalone value, he has zero uh, you know, value as a receiver, and he's not scoring touchdowns, which okay. makes him strictly a handcuff at this point. So
0: Ty Johnson of Detroit has sort of found himself in a starting role, quote-unquote starting role. He looked awful last week. He's in a committee. Okay, so he's the head of the committee, we can at least give him. Uh, in seven games, he's averaging only 2.23 points per game, which means he hasn't done anything impressive yet. Um, Ty Johnson, where was he drafted?
2: I believe in the sixth or fifth or sixth Fifth round? or sixth round. Out, of, so out of Maryland. He yeah. was
0: definitely not even that relevant in Dynasty Leagues, I suspect, um, you know, I, I would give him incomplete. We don't know enough about him yet. I,
2: I I would say the same. Incomplete, I and mean, he's he's more of an athlete than a football player. I think in his pro day he ran a, a sub four 40 yard dash. He's fast. Um, but I I wouldn't read into the two point two three points per game because he wasn't playing very much. And and the head of the committee it might even be a stretch because I think Trey Carson got more touches than he did this past week. Um, The thing is, Johnson had multiple, Like I think I want to say it was at least three plays that went eight or more yards that were called back on penalties in that game last week. He had some very nice plays that got overturned on penalties that may or may not have even affected the run that happened. Um, I think there is some upside for him, but I do think that the fact that Paul Perkins got multiple carries, that Trey Carson was involved, that the new, um, who's the other acquisition or not acquisition, but, um, uh, they had another back. Going too deep on the JD, McKissick. JD McKissick was, it, I mean, okay. so there's four guys involved in that offense. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of reason to be playing Ty Johnson but I don't think it's been all bad from Johnson. I would let's say get, incomplete.
1: Let's all get right, a, let's look, move on to the wide receivers. Let's get a lightning round in here for the receivers. Okay,
0: man. so they have fewer stats to worry about, thankfully. DK Metcalf is leading the pack, uh, 7.8 points per game, 402 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, I, I like the look of Metcalf. I know that he was uh, drafted in the f- second round, right? Um, and uh, he had fallen. He was really hyped be- before the draft and had
2: fallen. So give me a grade. B plus physical freak. A lot of, I mean, a lot of, uh, a handful, good handful of long plays. Yeah, but he's heavily targeted in the red zone too, and he's cashed in what four touchdowns in eight games. I like what he's done. Um, obviously Lockett's the go to guy in that offense, but I, I has been a great compliment. I just. Okay. His, the, they just don't throw the ball enough for him to be a consistent every single week fantasy starter. They
0: do love to run the ball. Another team that loves to run the ball, Debo Samuel, is on the 49ers. He has played in six games so far, averaging 5.73 points per game. Uh, he's got a touchdown, 187 yards, another touchdown on the ground. That was kind of a long mm-hmm. play. I don't know uh, if they're going to use him very gadgety all year, maybe a little bit. Uh, but where do you, uh, what do you give DJ Debo.
2: Uh give him a B minus. I mean the forty the ers offense has been it's been extremely run heavy. Um, you know, and, and Sam they found ways to get Samuel involved in the offense, but ultimately he is not making the huge plays that you know he made at South Carolina that people thought like these after the okay. catch plays that he could make okay. aren't necessarily happening so far.
0: So AJ Brown uh has played in eight games, he has thirty uh three touchdowns, three hundred and forty eight yards. Uh, not averaging a lot of points, only six and a half points per game. Um, I know he's not really that fantasy relevant, but he's coming up because it seems like uh, Tannehill likes him. Uh, but where do you like him based on where he was drafted?
2: Um, I, I like his talent, uh, but for this year I'd give him a D plus. I mean, the, the Titans don't throw the ball very much. <laughs> the Titans just kind I feel, of get a D I, feel, plus in I feel bad giving Brown that low of a grade because he's had two strong games. It's not his fault. It's just happening to him a little bit yeah you don't um, get to choose where you're drafted yeah d plus is probably unfair uh <laughs> but but it's not like it gets better i mean Tannehill had one big game that first full start and yep. then the next one was was again not great for the receivers i it's hard to really buy into brown for the time being i think cory i'd love to see cory davis get going first and i don't so, know when that'll happen either okay another brown marquise
0: brown um is sort of buoyed by his awesome uh, first game of the season, but he is averaging ten points per game uh, across five games. He's been banged up. He has three touchdowns, three hundred twenty-six yards. Um, so he certainly started out as an A plus, but where do you put him now?
2: He's right on right on the B plus, A minus borderline. Um, we bad. all came into this year thinking that the Ravens were going to be run heavy again, and there wasn't really a lot of passing. Attack because of what we saw from March. They Jackson. still run the
0: ball an awful lot. Of
2: course, of course they do, but less than the 49ers do. Well, um,
0: nobody, I think, runs the ball much. No, more than no, no, nobody does. <laughs> but we
2: came into the year thinking that the Ravens were going to be this team that's just going to run the ball sixty percent of the time. And between uh, Marquise Brown and, and uh, the tight end Mark Andrews, they've they've shown there's a pass. There is a passing game to make receivers relevant on that offense. Um, Brown had a monster week one. There are going to be more monster games to come. I don't think that we've seen the last of his ceiling this season.
0: Okay, so Hunter Renfro, uh, not done a lot out of last week, but he was a very late pick. Um, I, I, you know,
2: for being a late pick, I think he's doing okay so far. He can have a C plus. I mean, he had okay. one. He had one big play last week. That's and, before, and before last week, he had about twenty. I think I don't think he topped twenty five yards in any game before last week that's not something you can count on going forward.
0: So a guy who's flashed a lot, Nicole Hardman has four touchdowns. He's played in all eight games, 374 yards. Um I know he has uh, a big rush as well. I missed on that one, but you know, I I'm biased with the uh Chiefs. I actually do like one good team in the league. Uh, so where do you put Hardman?
2: I give I give Hardman a B minus. I think um I think we all came into this year looking at him rightfully as strictly a Tyreek Hill replacement. Okay. Uh, and he and he did what he was supposed to do while Hill was out. Um, but the four touchdowns is why he gets a B-minus, not anything lower. Um, but I don't expect him to, to continue to be fantasy relevant with both uh, Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins healthy. He may splash for a big play here or there, but I, I wouldn't be using him in fantasy. Certainly not with
0: Matt Moore at quarterback. So, uh, Scary Terry, maybe the fantasy football world's favorite uh, rookie, is 10.83 points per game. He's played well. He's been rather consistent. Seven games, a 28 catches, 458 yards, and five touchdowns. That's oh, what people love, right? The oh, touchdowns. The,
2: the injuries at Case Keenum make me sad. Uh, I'd, give, I'd give McLaurin a solid A. I love what he's done. Uh, when he came into this year as a guy who was looked at as a deep threat. Because that's the way he was used at Ohio State. It's Gardner Minshew
0: level. I, I like that.
2: Well, he was used. He was used almost solely as a deep route at Ohio State. And since he's gotten to the, to the NFL, is there is there much of a difference between him and DJ Chark? I don't know that there is. I think they're both guys uh. that can be wide receiver ones at the NFL level. No, the
1: main problem is uh, is the quarterback consistency on the Redskins. You,
2: you need the, you need the offense to turn into a, a top top third of the NFL offense for him to really see his ceiling. Yeah. But I love what he's done so far, and absolutely, if you can get him in a dynasty league, get him in a dynasty league.
0: Um, so we can—I uh, want to do an either-or with these last couple guys. So Deontay Johnson or Keyshawn Johnson, who would you rather have on your team?
2: Uh, I mean, Deontay Johnson, right? Well, that's, that's pretty clear. That's. I mean, Ke- <laughs> Keyshawn Johnson was the third he's guy— He's the Johnson to he, own. He, okay. Deont- Keyshawn was the third receiver drafted on his own team this year. hmm uh, Deontay looks like a guy who I mean he basically has the same target share as Juju with Mason Rudolph. He's
0: twenty five catches uh, and three touchdowns. So
2: no, seriously, in, into this past game, he and Juju Smith Schuster had the exact same number of targets. One A, one B
1: right now. If you're looking at Mason Rudolph's targets,
0: per- perhaps Ta- I chose wise, the wrong two to compare.
2: Talent wise, Juju is far and away the number one guy, sure. but he and Deontay are getting almost the same target share. Uh, if you want I see the next guy on your next guys on your list. Jacoby Myers, Miles Boykin, Darius Slayton. If you want to take that group and couple it with Keyshawn, Slayton and Boykin are one and two, then Myers and then Keyshawn. Oh, wow,
0: okay. So yeah, um, I, I like what I've seen out of Jacoby Myers in very limited action. Um, he's just not going to get on the field enough in New England.
2: Not, uh, oh yeah, Myers because, because
0: they decided, you know, when, when they had him as the option, they, they needed to keep bringing people in. Um, and then you got Miles Boykin, who uh, hasn't done a whole lot for the Ravens. But Darius Slayton had a really big game last week. Uh, two touchdowns from Daniel Jones brings his average up to 7.5 per game. He's played in six games so far this year. Yeah,
2: but An- Answer me this question, though. How many catches did Darius Slayton have to score those two touchdowns? I already know the answer. <laughs> it was two.
1: Ah. Slayton's not relevant with uh, Shepard and Tate... Uh, not
2: not necessarily. Right, the rest we brought of, this up earlier. Not necessarily the rest of this season, but I like Slayton more than the others going forward because he's a deep threat. Which you with everyone healthy, that's the deeper targets are more valuable than a guy who's going to catch eight balls for eighty yards. Another yeah. guy who's going to catch five balls for a hundred.
0: Okay, so the tight ends. There's only a few of these guys. You get T.J. Hawkinson, who uh, leads the pack. He was also the first one of them drafted. He has 240 yards and two touchdowns. He's played seven games for the Lions. Um, where do you where do you put TJ?
2: I give him a C plus. I mean, he's been he's done his job. Um, the I mean, he's a rookie tight end. If you came into the year expecting him to be your tight end one all year, you you're you obviously haven't paid attention to what rookie tight ends have done. He's going to gonna be good for
1: a long time, but he needs time. He's yeah. not
0: going to be good yet. And you forget that maybe the Lions are terrible at drafting tight ends.
1: And same with uh They're terrible
0: at using good tight ends. They know which ones are good.
1: Same with the other Iowa tight end. Is he no unfortunately is on a is on a team that's going through a lot of flux right now.
0: That's going to have I forget Bruce Allen? Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen.
2: Fant has dropped enough passes on his own uh to not really stand out. I mean, I'd give I'd give Fant a D on the season. He's had opportunities, played something close to 70% of their offensive snaps. Hey, and anybody still is yeah, not produced. I anybody
0: mean, can break out on that team. Just hold on to the ball he, and score a touchdown. So <laughs> in
2: the first the first game after they traded Emmanuel Sanders, he got eight targets, and he had less than 30 yards again. He hasn't topped 30 yards yet. and That's it's rough. You've got to find – I mean, he's got to find a way to be more productive with the targets he's getting.
1: So to finish up, Irv Smith Jr. and Dawson Knox have similar uh, stats right now, uh, playing for seven or eight games, getting – between uh, 12 and 15 receptions for about 170 yards. Knox scored a touchdown, and Smith hasn't. But both of those guys are uh, guys that that I I look to for the future, but not doing very well this season. So uh, as far as grades that you'd give those guys, do you think they're doing pretty well for their teams uh, in the context of what they were drafted to do?
2: So Irv Smith, I mean, he got drafted into a spot where you already knew that Kyle Rudolph was still there. He's not getting drafted into a place where he's going to be the number one guy from day one. He probably he might even have more fantasy points than Rudolph this year. I would give I'd give Irv a B plus because no one counted on him for anything this season. As long as Rudolph was still on the team, if they had traded Rudolph and he had the same stat line he has now, then you probably would give him a, a, a C or lower. Um, Knox another guy that you just didn't expect anything from coming in. Tyler Croft opens the year hurt. Um, as long as Croft is back, though, it looks like Knox is going to go back to not being fantasy relevant. Um, so because there's not going to be a lot going forward, we might give him a B- even though, I mean, he had a couple productive weeks. Um, okay. I, I like Smith a lot more than Knox long-term, but it's going to rely on Kyle Rudolph ending up out of Minnesota for that to really hit its... Hit fruition, or you know, hit its ceiling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so I got a matchup for you guys. It's a juicy one. I'm only going to give you one matchup this week. Uh, there's plenty of really crappy games, a couple of really good games. Um, but this is going to be a great fantasy football game because the Detroit Lions are going to Oakland to play the Raiders on a regular football field, not on a freaking baseball diamond.
1: Oh, thank God. The World there's, Series there's ends no more tonight. Infield.
0: That means there's no more baseball. <laughs> so the Raiders are giving up the second most points to opposing quarterbacks. The Lions are giving up the sixth. Uh, The Raiders are giving up the fifth most points to opposing wide receivers. The Lions are giving up the 11th. Both of these teams love to give up tons of points. So at running back, the Lions are giving up the third most points to opposing running backs. We have talked about Josh Jacobs several times tonight. We don't need to keep talking about him, but he will have a huge game because the Lions don't know how to defend him. So the Raiders are, you know, a little respectable in that category, only giving up the 19th most points to opposing running backs. And that's fine for the Lions. They don't have much of a running game to speak of right now because Carry on is out for the year. So I like this game to be a big passing battle. Uh, so this so Stafford, who is a top 10 quarterback this yeah, I year. think you'll
1: see a lot with Gallaudet and Jones.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. So Gallaudet already going to be in the lineup. I like Marvin Jones. Marvin Hall, I believe, caught a touchdown last week, but it was his only catch. So not really that relevant. But TJ Hawkinson uh, could be relevant in this game because the Raiders are giving up the third most points to opposing tight ends. So three targets in the passing game when you have no running games to speak of, I think that that's probably pretty reasonable uh, to you know expect all three of those guys to produce for you on Detroit this mm-hmm. week. Uh, on the other side of the ball, you get got Derek Carr. He's in a good spot start. Uh, if you're missing a guy because of injury, like Patrick Mahomes or Bai, because of any number of guys who aren't playing this week, um, so he gets to return home after, you know, he had his best game of the year last week in Houston. Uh, they're going to get big performances from Jacobs. As we've said, I like Darren Waller a lot. The Lions are giving up the 11th most points to opposing tight ends. And Waller is third in points per game for tight ends. And Tyrell Williams is going to be a good start. He scored a touchdown in every game this year, literally.
1: Right. And he'll continue to do so. I feel. And like. I say,
0: do not chase the Hunter Renfro points from last week.
1: No, I think, I think you've, you've, you've wrapped that game up pretty well um i I do like uh, detroit to throw the ball all over the field against the raiders but i think the raiders will do pretty well with williams and waller i think jacobs is going to get a touchdown in you know 60 to 100 yards just like you mentioned uh i i don't feel that positive about hawkinson just because he hasn't been putting up that many yards but i like the stat that you gave with the third most points so yeah I, i think this is going to be a passing battle with the exception of josh jacobs uh, and I'm looking forward to it. So, you guys, as far as Week Nine is concerned, check out the rankings that are available from Drink Five at FantasyPros.com. Uh, make sure to give uh, Jason and Sean and myself uh, a shout out on, via our email addresses. And uh, Sean, you can follow him on Twitter. And uh, what is your uh, what's your name on on Twitter? Sean. He's at, Sean, at, underscore at Sean
2: underscore Foss. Sean underscore Foss. S H A W N. Underscore F is in Frank O S is in Sam <laughs> S is in Sam. Great, and,
1: okay. he'll, and he'll have the uh, rookie report up tomorrow for oh, for your shit. perusal. Uh, we also post that over to uh, the the subreddit Fantasy Football, Reddit slash r slash Fantasy Football. It's the rookie report starts and sits. And uh, thank you guys for uh, a wonderful broadcast this evening. We will see you. And talk about week ten next week.
0: Cheers guys.